this is Tony, Cover Magazine. I'm speaking to Louis van Feren, the CEO of FISA, the Fiduciary Institute of South Africa. Louis, thank you very much for talking to me. Good day, Tony, and thank you for the opportunity. Louis, we're doing a little bit of a, a, a catch up on um, some of the regulatory changes and um, uh, one of the important ones that you will discuss with us as well. So just as a bit of background, can you maybe just give us a bit of an update on the latest or the recent legislative um, changes? Yes, Tony, um, the, I, th I think everybody is aware of the uh, Financial Action Task Force and the grey listing of South Africa earlier this year. Um, but what, a, what preceded the grey listing was the FATF peer review report which uh, highlighted certain areas um, of concern with regard to South Africa's grip on money laundering and the financing of terrorism. Um, and as a result of that, a, a, a bill was published in August last year, I think, um, the General Laws Amendment, uh, General Laws um, Combating of te Terrorism Financing and Money Laundering amendment bill, which became the General Laws Amendment Act of 2022. And uh, earlier this year, we um, saw the promulgation of regulations after hours on the 31st of March, and they became effective at midnight that same night uh, without any phasing in period. So um, as you can imagine, there was some angst in the industry about um, about the, the new compliance burden and the fact that it was, okay, now you have to comply immediately, <laughs> which of, of course is not practical for, um, um, for a lot of people. So that in short, um, uh, the General Laws Amendment Act of 2022 in included um, some far-reaching amendments of the Trust Property Control Act of 1988. Um, and, and specifically bringing in something that we can talk a, a little bit more in detail about the, the concept of beneficial ownership that was brought into the Trust Property Control Act. Yeah, Louis, that was um, something that I was going to ask you in terms of um, this concept um, mm. of beneficial ownership and what it actually means um, in the South African context. Yeah, um, Tony, that, <laughs> that's one of the problems that we have with, with the Amendment Act and, and the um, insertion of this, this concept into the Trust Property Control Act, because the, the whole concept of beneficial ownership is, is an Anglo-American legal concept, um, which we do not know in, um, in the South African common law. Um, it was brought in, um, in, in company law um, to, to deal with a situation where you have nominees or, or nominee companies who hold shares on behalf of uh, the person who is, is actually the real, the real owner uh, or the, uh, the beneficiary of those shares. And, and um, uh, in, in, in that sense, beneficial ownership then came into our, into our company law. But if you go into our property law, South African property law, um, uh, ownership of property in South African property law is, is unitary and universal. 
So you cannot functionally divide ownership in South African law uh, between legal ownership and beneficial ownership as you can in the Anglo-American legal systems. Um, so to, to, to bring a, co uh, a concept like beneficial ownership into our trust law where it is totally unknown, um, almost without exception, I'm aware of one Supreme Court of Appeals judgment where it was mentioned in passing and that judgment has been severely criticized. So um, it is a it's a totally foreign concept to South African trust law, and um, and and there are very good reasons for for it to be to be foreign to South African trust law. So, so it was obviously not very well thought thought through, and um, which meant that um, FISA had to try and make comments or steer yeah. the ship in a different direction. Yes, um, we um, uh, did a submission to the Standing Committee on Finance um, because this um, amendment act or the uh, the bill before it became an act uh, was called the Omnibus Bill. Um, it, it included several um, amendments to, to several pieces of legislation. It was mainly driven by Treasury. Um, and therefore it went to the Standing Committee on Finance. So the, the amendments to the Trust Property Control Act didn't go to the Parliamentary Committee for Justice, um, and it wasn't driven by the Department of Justice, it was driven by Treasury. Um, but we then made submissions to the Standing Committee on Finance, and um, I attended the, the, um, the public hearing of the Standing Committee on Finance in Parliament, um, uh, and we basically pointed out these things to the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Finance. Um, one or two minor changes were brought about from the original bill into the Act, uh, specifically in the definition of beneficial ownership. But uh, but in the main, um, it was a, it was a juggernaut that wasn't going to be stopped. <coughs> <coughs> so, so you sit with that now. So, how yes. are trustees supposed to comply in practice? What are you supposed to be doing now? Well, maybe, maybe it's a, it's a good uh, point to to quickly look at um, well, exactly what is this definition of beneficial ownership? And um, and at the moment, it reads it's it's quite a long definition. Um, at the moment, it includes a natural person who directly or indirectly ultimately owns the relevant trust property. It includes a natural person who exercises effective control of the administration of the trust. Um, each founder of the trust, and if the founder is a legal person, then the natural person who sits behind that um, or persons. Um, each trustee of the trust, and again, if it's a legal person, then the natural persons who, who sit behind that legal person, and um, each beneficiary referred to by name in the trust instrument, whether that is a, a, a trust deed, a will, or a court order. Um, and if that person is a legal person, then uh, again, the natural persons behind that. Um, so it's a it's a an extensive definition, and there are there are 
several issues around that because um, any uh, the first paragraph of the definition, any trustee who admits that some other natural person directly or indirectly ultimately owns the relevant trust property, um, basically admits to a breach of trust. Uh, with the with the exception of with the exception of a, of the so-called bevind trust, the paragraph B of the definition of trust in the Trust Property Control Act, where the beneficiary can be uh, or uh, not can be is the owner. The beneficiary is the owner of the trust property in a bevind trust, but in an ownership trust, um, it, it it's actually a little bit nonsensical to expect a trustee to to now record the beneficial ownership of another natural person who directly or indirectly ultimately owns the relevant trust property. Because if you admit that, you admit that you're not fulfilling, <laughs> fulfilling your fiduciary duty as a trust and that you're actually in breach of trust. So, um, and, and it also cannot really mean that what the legislature here mean uh, 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 what I meant with this uh, amendment is that it is the trustee because the trustee in itself uh, or of itself is is one of the parties who is def defined as a beneficial owner in the in the definition. But it goes further than that, um, uh, Tony. W one of the issues around the regulations which were promulgated, uh, as I said, on the 31st of March with immediate effect from the 1st of April, is that um, there are huge practical difficulties with recording uh, the beneficial ownership of a legal person who controls the uh, 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 the the natural persons behind the legal person, uh, let's say, acts as a as a trustee of the trust, because if you're a co-trustee of such a corporate trustee, your duty as the co-trustee is then to to establish who are the natural persons behind that. Now, just imagine if you um, if your co-trustee the is the professional trustee is a corporate trustee and that trustee um, is uh, a subsidiary company of let's say one of the big financial institutions um, then if you have to find the natural personal persons behind the corporate trustee um, do you now have to go and um, establish the um, prescribed detail about each of the shareholders of that listed, let's say it's a listed company, a financial institution that is a listed company. Yeah. Um, so the, the legislation and the regulations actually creates a lot of questions to which we don't, do not have answers. So now comes um, one of the deadlines that they've set for you, 31st of May. Um, and um, reports that has to be lodged, et cetera, with the Financial Intelligence Center Act. How are trustees going to deal with that? Well, um, as we are already past the 31st of May, you were supposed to deal with it before that. But fortunately, it's not all trustees who have to deal with that. 
Um, the schedules to the Financial Intelligence Center Act were changed um, in November last year, in November 2022, um, and specifically Schedule 1 to the Financial Intelligence Center Act, shortly um, or commonly known as FICA, um, has been changed where previously it referred to trust services providers um, in, um, I think, item two of Schedule 1 to FICA. Um, it now circumscribes persons who set up companies, uh, persons who set up trust arrangements, and persons who administer trust arrangements. Um, and um, so if you are in the business of setting up trusts for clients, um, and if you are um, doing trust administration as a regular feature of your business, then you fall under item two of schedule one to FICA. Um, and that is the um, anti-money laundering reports under FICA. That was the 31st of May deadline. So the 31st of May deadline is not um, the deadline for the for the beneficial ownership uh, register, which uh, had to be created under the General Laws Amendment Act, uh, or the changes to the Trust Property Control Act and the reg and the regulations with the Master of the High Court, it is a separate duty on people who make it their business to set up trusts and and um, um, and administer trusts because they are required by that definition in Schedule 1 um, to FICA to register as accountable institutions and then the normal duties of an accountable institution rest on them and one of the deadlines for your um, anti-money money laundering report etc under FICA was 31 May 2023. Sure. Yeah, so is there anything else that FISA can do to assist the guys? Well, we've been, uh, during the whole process, we've been um, uh, disseminating information to members through our to, through our weekly newsletter, the FISA Focus Weekly. Um, and um, we have also um, distributed the information through the through the newsletter not only on the on the changes to the trust property control act and the new regulations under the trust property control act but also around this um, duty under under fica um, under the revised schedule one of fica to register um, as accountable institutions previously there, uh, there was a definition, as I said, of, of trust services providers, but that definition has been changed and it may actually now um, uh, put an obligation on people who previously did not qualify under the definition of a trust services provider um, to register as, a, as an accountable institution. Some new trustees or trust service providers may now be required and they should have done so by now and uh, and and lodged their reports to FICA. Um, Tony, if I may, I just want to briefly get back to the regulations under the Trust Property Control Act. 
Mm -hmm. um, and and specifically, um, there are some of of the issues where um, uh, trustees will have to um, be very careful how they go about um, reporting um, to the master. There is a stopgap register um, on the master's web portal at the moment. Uh, the regulations prescribe what the final register should look like and what functionalities it should have. But at the moment, there's a stopgap measure, which the regulations also provide for. And, and that stopgap measure is uh, based on Google Documents. Um, and I'm aware of at least one big financial institution where the IT department um, said, forget it. <laughs> None of our... <coughs> employees will get access to to google documents it's, it's just yeah. not one uh, we we do not regard that as a safe way yeah. of um of uh, uploading information mm -hmm. and uh, uh, um, uh, so there will have to be some other way of dealing with that but if you look at the regulations the regulations require the the uh, or actually the act the new section 11 capital a of the trust property control act requires the trustee not only to record a lot of information about those people that in the definition of beneficial ownership but also to keep it up to date and and the I, I i always joke i say i can't even keep up with my children's cell phone numbers so <laughs> Um, to keep up to date, let's say the residential address of all the beneficiaries mentioned by name in a trust instrument, yeah. if you are uh, the administer, administrator of, um, let's say, a uh, hundred or so trusts, um, there is no uh, provision in the regulations that say you have to do this once a year or once every six months or whatever it says you must keep it up to date mm. which means that if the beneficiary um, changed the dress a month ago and my record with the master is not up to date with regard to that beneficiary i'm actually in breach of the regulation which could land me with uh, under the new section 19.2, 19 sub 2 of the Trust Property Control Act could um, could lead to a, uh, the maximum penalty under that penalty provision is a, a fine of 10 million rand or imprisonment of five years or both. So, so uh, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be appropriate for the for the example that I that I mentioned, but but it is um, there are some harsh uh, penalty um, penalties under the amended Trust Property Control Act, and there are some of the uh, requirements in the Act and in the regulations that are virtually impossible to comply with. Mm. Yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, as I said in the beginning, probably not thought through. Um, and commented on properly. Um, Louis, but um, there's some good news in this conversation as well. You've got your conference coming up. Maybe you can just give us a bit of a heads up on that. 
Yes, uh, the conference will be um, on the 17th of October in um, at the Santon Convention uh, Center in Santon again. And we um, it's going to be interesting. I don't want to um, to disclose too much at this stage, but um, I think the topic uh, or the general theme of the conference will be interesting. And as usual, we will have some interesting speakers there. Um, mm -hmm. The conference is always, or the aim with the conference is always to strike a balance between um, academic theory and how it, it it finds its way into practice. So um, yeah, watch the space. We will we will communicate with uh, not only with our members but also with um, with the the general public and with other practitioners in other professions um, uh, in due course regarding the details. Um, I suspect we'll launch registrations in the next month or so. Brilliant. Certainly there's a lot to be discussed and to talk about. Um, South yeah. Africa never disappoints. Yes, <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Louis, thank you so much for your time. It was great catching up with you again. Yes, thank you, Tony.